On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I'm a $500,000 business. I want to go to seven figures. I want to hit that million dollar mark. And I start sitting down with you and other guys doing five to $10 million. And you guys are talking about culture and bringing in a VP of sales and hiring maybe a COO, like some of the higher level buttons that we push. I don't believe that's helpful for me at 500,000. What would you say to that person who's seeking advice, trying to get into maybe what would be the wrong rooms? What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Jesse Boggs here on the King stage. My brother, Jesse, how we doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's Monday freaking morning, right? Like you got the mindset poster behind <laughs> you, the hard work late night thing behind you. I'm freaking ready to go with this conversation. Glad to have you here, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be fun. Yeah, dude. Tell us what kind of business that you have. So it's an exterior remodeling. So we do siding, roofing, windows, build a lot of decks. We're in Washington State. So yeah, our focus is just on, on exterior work. Love it. Love it. There is a, a lot of motion in that industry. People are realizing probably from a couple of years ago with COVID just that their space doesn't have to be confined to the indoors, right? But they can yeah. have a, a brilliant outdoor space as well. And yeah, here you no, come. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, the, our, our deck market in this area is, is huge because the, the cost, this is Seattle area. So cost of building a new house or even in addition to $100,000, dollars $300,000, whereas you can build a deck for much less than that and get the same type of square footage. So... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy busy. <laughs> yeah. I love that, that you're utilizing that need, but framing it in a different way. Most families love decks. I yeah. know that our family, when we moved in here to our home, we try to spend as much time out there as we possibly can, especially in Seattle, where you've got maybe not as like crazy hot months. It would be even more enjoyable. I would think. Yeah, no, it's, and a lot of ours, obviously we get not the best weather. So a lot of ours, we have cover. So it's mm -hmm. people want to be able to enjoy a space and we have nature. I mean, it, we've got trees. We've got, when it is summer and it's nice, I mean, there's not a more beautiful place. <laughs> so being able to be outside and enjoy that, people realize that. So we yeah. go out and we, we build their dream. That's awesome, man. I love, I love that you said that you're building their dream. I want to know what's your dream. What, what's getting you up every morning? What's the bigger picture? Yeah. Like there's always the motivations of life, but what's like the deep seated burning desire in Jesse? A little backstory. So my parents have been married for 40 plus years. My mom, before my parents got married, she owned a barber shop. And okay. When she got married and she got pregnant, she decided she was going to sell that and stay at home and raise me and my brother. And so my dad stayed at home or didn't, my dad didn't stay at home. She stayed at home. My dad went to work. He didn't have a college degree, anything like that. So he worked a regular Whereas he made boxes and he did that to support us. So we were, we weren't poor, poor, but you know, growing up now and becoming an adult, realizing some of the things we did and some of the ways that we lived and yeah. getting the, the goodwill shopping and the, how we got our shoes and all of this. I realized like, well, we really weren't, we made it work, but I mean, yeah. it was, it was definitely very economic. Yeah. They, they were very, very good with their money, but there's a lot of things we weren't able to do. One of the, the memories that sticks out most is when I was in elementary school, I did really well in school. I liked school. And there was a chance where I could go into one of these gifted programs. They had a trip to Australia. 
but wow. we couldn't afford it. And so I wasn't able to do it. And so in the back of my mind, I was like, dang, I wish we would be able to do that. And so growing up in high school, because I was good at school, I was ahead. So I was able to, instead of graduating early, I worked half days my senior year and started working at 16 and then worked half days my yeah. senior year. And I, so at 16, I was cleaning shelves after six months I was selling and started making really good money in the middle yeah. of high school. And so that just kind of clicked. It's like this money thing I can solve. I bought my first car finance. I paid for it. My aunt had to co-sign, but while I was right. in high school, I'm, yeah. I'm making car yeah. payments and stuff like that. And so just realizing how much of a struggle it had to be for, as I've gotten older, how much of a struggle it had to be for my parents to yeah. coordinate, makes things work and, and living that paycheck to paycheck. It just was, I was like, I don't want myself or my family. I, I don't want to go through that. Like I, I need to right. go to the next level. I need to figure out what it is to unlock, to make sure that if we want to go on a vacation or if we want to go out to a nice dinner or anything like that, we can do that. So yeah. that's. That's really the main motivation, I think, that it all boils down to. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Similar story to myself, but I'm sure similar to many people that are listening. And it's one of like, hey, I didn't have the opportunity, but that doesn't mean that I can't create the opportunity. Why do you think, I mean, all of that makes sense. Like, I think our stories actually parallel pretty scarily similar, but there's, there's like an underneath emotion to that what is that for you like what's the, what's the chip been on your shoulder because figuring out the money game and, and realizing that you have the power to to take care of it is one thing but what's the what was the emotion underneath that that you're feeling to me to keep going it, it's like a game but it, it's like that i i played baseball growing up and i played video games i did so it, it's a competition thing Almost and, and yeah, yeah. not necessarily sometimes it's, it's with other people, but just being able to, to know that I'm getting better, that I'm winning it in one fashion or another, I think really just, it's kind of like a pride thing. I feel good. I mean, growing up, um, I kind of, I never really fit in, in a lot of groups. Yeah. I, I got along with a lot of people. I had a sure. lot of acquaintances of sorts. I could fit in with any group, but I didn't have a ton of close friends. So it was kind of doing something like this, you know, you're able to stand out. I did the same thing yeah. in, in sports and things like that. It was just kind of a way to, to feel like you're standing out in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that rings true today as an entrepreneur even, or as a dad or as a husband now, like all of these things, like, do you feel like you're still like just a little bit different than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's kind of, uh, a motivating factor a little bit, but I mean, part of my story too, is, is knowing that I'm, I'm not different than anybody. So my parents yeah. are both also alcoholics and they, they've been sober my entire life, wow. but you know, I uh, stayed away from, from drinking and drugs for an extremely long time. But you know, when I turned 21, I had tried drinking a couple of times in high school, but nothing crazy. Then I turned 21. I was like, well, it's legal. It looks like there's nothing wrong. Right. Parents were warning me like, Hey, there, you, you could get yourself in trouble. It's not necessarily, they don't know if it's genetic, but it's pretty much a genetic thing. So you need to be careful. I was like, I'll be fine. It's I, like, don't worry about it. And come to find out from 21 to 25, 
was a, a crazy, crazy time in my life and found out like, okay, you know what? I can't drink. Oh, and, right. and going through that and then getting sober and, and, and realizing part of that issue was thinking that I am different. So yeah. it's kind of a, a, a balancing mm. act of knowing like, Hey, I, I am different than other people, yeah. but at the same time, you know what you and me, me and, and you know, whoever's listening right now, we're right. not that we're not different. We're the same thing. There's whatever struggles I'm going through, whatever successes I'm it's all mutual when, when yeah. it all comes down to it. Like I want to have that. I feel like myself, so I don't feel so mundane, but I have to taper that down because I don't want to be so unique that it causes issues. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a really an interesting conundrum here that you've created, which I love. It's actually, I was listening to a video from Alex Ramosi and he was talking about basically like the three things that, that make people successful. And one, which is they think that they're better than everybody. Not like that they're better, but that they, that they're special. And then the second is that they're not good enough. It's like, <laughs> wait a second, how is that possible? And, but I think you just actually gave a, just a really great description there of there is a little bit of a, like a, a chip on our shoulder or like a passion that we have or a uniqueness, right? Like, no, I'm different. Like I haven't really been able to ever fit in with people until I found other business owners that are kind of intense and, and want to go after life like I do. Now I fit in, but outside of that, it was like not, right? Okay, fine. But then to your point, I'm no different. Like someone listening today is like, man, if Jesse can do it, I can do it. Or if Chaz can do it, I can do it. That's like our, our main point of the show. But I've had to think that same thing for myself even, right? Like I'm looking at guys that are way far beyond me going, they put their pants on the same way. They, they've just persisted or done things either longer or better or in a, in a different format. And so I just need to keep iterating, keep changing, keep persisting, keep going, whatever that looks like. And, and then I get there. Right. And so I actually love that, that flip side of the coin. We want to add anything to that, anything bubble up for you on that? Well, just kind of like you were, you were saying with the seeing other people that are, are at the next level or, or multiple levels above you, it's, it, it still like an artist phrase is always one of the ones that I love. If there's someone doing something and they're succeeding at it, there's a blueprint for it. So if, if you're able to, to figure out what that blueprint is, sometimes it takes a little bit of work. You've, you've yep. got to figure out what they're doing, but, but there's a blueprint for everything. It's just like riding a bike. So if you're able to figure that out, if, if person A is able to do it, then, then me being person B over here, that there's nothing that can stop me from doing that. We can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I learned that I was pretty young in my early twenties. I was in a sales organization and sales manager and was prospecting for my team and trying to find new contacts and new leads for us to call. And and I had a pretty good system and I felt really good about it. We were one of the top teams and one of the other teams just started crushing it. Like every week, like crushing me, crushing everybody. <laughs> and it, it obviously didn't take long for me to realize that obviously they were doing something different, right? Okay, fine. But there was like a, like an ego there of, I didn't want to ask, well, at that point, it's not that I didn't, I just didn't, I, that was his thing. I didn't want to steal it. I didn't, I, it was just his honeypot, if you will, which is fine. I, I still believe that, but. Your point that you just made, I think is really important that rather than looking at someone who's further down the road and either thinking, oh, it must have been, it must be nice, or they had something given it, like whatever the negative thought is, or even my thought, which was, oh, that's just his thing. And I'll, and I like, that's over here for them. And I've got to go figure out my own way. It's like, no, there's a blueprint. He's doing something that can <laughs> probably be duplicated and I should probably figure out what it is, or at least what's the process. Maybe that's his, maybe he found a lead source. That's really great. Good for him. 
but I can take the same thought or same mindset and apply it to a different lead source, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, no, exactly. And and to kind of expound on that too, it's one of the things I've had to learn in in business and in, in being sober is it's not knowing the answer and and being able to say, hey, what are you doing to get this result? There, it, It's not a, a weakness. Yeah. It being able to sit down, self-reflect and go, okay, I'm not necessarily doing bad, but obviously I see over here, this is working better. And instead of just going, well, how the hell am I going to figure this out? <laughs> and then sitting there and spinning your tires and trying to figure it out, being able to just go yeah. up and go, hey, Chaz, I noticed that you're doing this a whole hell of a lot better than me. What are you doing right. to get there? And and instead of taking that inside and of myself and being like, man, like I couldn't do it. I had to ask for help. It's like, that's, that's normal. Yeah. Like that's, that's how every, that, that nothing that anyone says or does, or it, it's all been done before. Unless you're, you're, yeah. you're a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk, where it's something right. like that. The one out of a hundred million, billion, whatever it's been done before. So, you know. It's not the person that you're looking at. They weren't the first one to do it either. They, they probably asked for help too, because they realized the same thing. It's like, Hey, yep. if I ask, I can expedite how quickly I can get to where I want to go. Yeah. 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 It really is. It's, it's the, we're in a car and the guy won't ask for directions. And my wife wants to, she just wants to get there faster. Yep. <laughs> and the reality of that moment is that there's a little bit of like intrigue to figuring it out to me or maybe <laughs> maybe you or the listener in that moment when we're a little bit lost. And so I don't think that we're trying to take that away, that curiousness or like the adventure of like, let's just see where this path takes us. Because I think that's that's bread in a winner or that's that's like an ingredient to figuring things out and being unique. But if we're on a timeline here or if you have a desire to get to a certain location by a specific time or a certain result, why not stop and ask for help? Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, definitely a balanced thing. Like we talked about it's, it's, you, you want to do it on your own, but at some point you got to realize like, okay, when, when do you flip the switch? There, there's a balance. Yeah. Like you want to be self-sufficient, but at the same time you want to be effective and efficient no matter right. what, whether you're doing it on your own or if you're asking for help. Yeah. So Jesse, if you're asking, if you were asking me that in, in like question form, what I would say in response to that would be that it's like both, like you have to be able to go like forge the trail, take action, yet also ask for help at the same time. And I think what we're saying that a lot of people do is just forge and take action, thinking that that's the commendable thing, like go figure it out first and then ask for help. But it's, it can't be the reverse either. It can't just be like, don't go do anything and just start asking for help, right? Because that doesn't, that doesn't look good to someone who you're asking help from. Like you're not, you don't have anything going on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of the, the taking a, a horse to water type of thing. If, if all you're doing is asking for help and you don't have the power behind it to continue doing it, I can show you, you know, how to build systems and processes, you know, how to treat a sales team. I can, I can show you how to do all of that. But if you can't then take what I give you and then take it over here and implement it with the same type of, that's right, you know, power that I had when I did it, that got the results that I got, you came yep. to me for a reason. You're like, Hey, I see you've got this really good sales team. You guys are doing amazing. How did you do it? Well, let right. me show you like the thing that I can't give to you or to anyone in the audience is the work ethic behind it to 
like push that through. I can give you all the steps, processes, paper, whatever it is. I can give you all of that. But if you don't take yeah. the same type of power behind that and be like, hey, I, you know what? If Jesse can do it, I can absolutely do it. Let's figure this out. Then you're able to succeed. If you're just taking it, expecting it to be some magic pill that you're going to take and, you know, right. lose 40 pounds and get a six pack. If that stuff doesn't work, you've got to, you've got to put in the work to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. What do you think about the, I guess, mentality of someone seeking help, but knowing, knowing their level or, or knowing like where they are in business. And so let me give you, let me, let me construct this question and let me have you answer it. I'm a $500,000 business. I want to go to seven figures. I want to hit that million dollar mark. And I start sitting down with you and other guys doing five to $10 million. And you guys are talking about culture and bringing in a VP of sales and hiring maybe a COO, you know what I mean? Like some of the higher level buttons that we push. I don't believe that that's helpful for me at 500,000. So if I'm, if I'm that person, maybe not necessarily direct advice for the $500,000 person, but what is, what would you say to that person who's seeking advice, trying to get into maybe what would be the wrong rooms? I mean, when you're looking at something like that, I mean, there's a reason that those positions or those larger aspects of the business are there. And, and so deconstructing that and shrinking it down a little bit as to why, why is that needed? If, if, there, if these people over here are looking for a VP of sales, well, why are they looking for a VP of sales? How many sales guys do they have? What is the sales right. process that, he, that they're using? What is the VP of sales going to be doing? Like, what is the process and what is the VP of sales going to take over? Am I doing that already as the uh, business owner of this $500,000 business? Am I not doing some of this stuff? Maybe if I started doing some of these things that I'm, I didn't even, wasn't even aware were things I should be watching right. and then start doing it yourself and realizing, oh, I was missing this. I didn't have a procedure for this. This right. VP of sales is going to be running reports on this, this, and this. I don't even know what those reports are. I need, let me go read or ask and figure out what is this for right. API for? What is this? And, and figuring it all out and, and kind of deconstructing it yeah. and going, okay, well, you know, I'm not at 10 million, but you know, I can still use these same processes because obviously if I'm at 500,000, I want to get to 10 million at some point, if this guy's using it, I'm going to have to have it at some point. So I might as well start addressing it or at least acknowledging its existence now and figuring out where I can fit it in. Yeah. Yeah. I loved actually the way that you broke that down. What I took away from that was your curiosity. You were in quote unquote, the wrong room in my example, but you were curious enough to take what you heard and you didn't just write down, hire a VP. And then you come back and go, okay, I got to hire a VP. No, like skirt. That was wrong. Right? Like the understanding that I'm not at their level. Okay, fine. But how do I approach this? It was curiosity. You said, okay, well, how do I apply it? What's the process? What are the questions? What are the reports? Like, I just started getting curious or you started getting curious in that example. So what do you think that you've been able to do to have that mindset? Because I think that's that right there, just being open-minded or being like hungry for the next, what do I do? And not just saying, what do I do? But like getting in there and being curious and figuring it out. What's that look like or something? And it's something I've had, I mean, honestly, since I was a kid, when I was, I was a kid, I, I took apart computers. It, it's, it's just a curiosity of kind of 
understanding anything. A lot of times I'll look at businesses that are, are completely, they have nothing to do with construction, remodeling, anything, you know, looking yeah. at coaching groups and e-commerce businesses and, and some of these software companies and just kind of seeing how they function, how they operate. It's just, especially being in business now and doing this, it's just a curiosity of, of humans. I've been a social person since I was in kindergarten. I've always talked to people. It doesn't matter if I'm at the mall, if I'm on the street, if right. you're going to talk, if it's in an elevator. So that curiosity is just transferred with me. And so no matter what it is, just looking at it and saying like, why did they do that? Right. And just, just kind of diving deeper and just kind of having that, that open mind of not really judging. I may not like a specific product or idea, but instead of going, well, let's see why this isn't good. It's just like, well, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? That's right. Two amazing questions. I love your approach. Give us a little bit of your background. So before, before doing exterior remodeling, what were you doing? How did it lead to this? So like I said, so I started working at 16. I was cleaning shelves at a high end. They sold fireplaces, hot tubs. I was cleaning shelves, stocking shelves, realized quickly that I saw what the salespeople were doing. I was like, they're just talking to people. I was like, I can do this. I so, uh, so I convinced the owner eventually after about six months, I started selling there, worked there for about four years and I had a lot of sales goals there, but that really just kind of started that I realized all I had to do to make a good amount of money was talk to people. And that was, yeah, I'm 34 now. So that was, I was 16 to 20 or no, 16 to 19, I think that I worked there and I was making five, six, $8,000 a month as a high school kid, as an 18 year old. So that was right. like, and, and like I'd said earlier, coming from where I, I came from and how I grew up, like that type of money, like buying a new car, like my parents were never able to do right. So having all that stuff I was like, okay, I'm onto something here and kind of really stayed in that kind of realm of, of people. So cameras I've done cell phones I've done. Like I said, hot tubs, fireplaces, I've sold a million different things. And then eventually yeah. it kind of all landed to, I'd always built up. I just had a base salary type of a thing. And then I'd work commissions on top of that. Right. Being in sales for as long as I did, I knew a lot of people in car sales and doing other things where it was a hundred percent commission. So I right. kind of was like, well, what does that look like? And, and so I just started researching and kind of was more intrigued with home services, was just. Yeah like cars, but selling cars just didn't really, I didn't want to be that used car salesperson. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just that didn't really grab my attention. And so I was looking into home services, the, my business partner now, actually with the business we're in, he's been in it forever. And so I'd known him for quite a while. And so I asked him, how do you get into the home services? How do you get into in-home sales? He, so he gave me a couple of pointers. I just went online. It was applying to places, found a place to hire me, got the interview, got, got hired on, started selling there. I sold $125,000 and I am 25 grand in sales in the first two weeks, which they, was, they probably liked you on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, and being in sales was good money. And so, but that's 12 grand in two weeks. That's 10% commission right. while I was making. Then I was like, holy crap. Like this is, this is a different level. And it was it was a bit of a jump. I'd always had like a base. So going in, it's like, 
you don't have that. You've got no safety cushion. You've just got to either show up or show out. Like it's one or the yep. other. And, and yep. so I didn't give myself the option. So I actually only sold for about six, seven months. Okay. And the owner of that business realized, obviously I was able to sell, but I was able to put the jobs together really well. I was organized. There wasn't yeah. things missing. So he was like, Hey, why don't you come in and help me in the office? When I came on, I was the first, I was the first salesperson that they had hired on other than the sales oh, manager. Yeah. And so they were kind of expanding. So he's like, Hey, yep. why don't you come to the office and help me put these things together? And he, he was running the business out of a notebook, literally paper <laughs> and pen and, yeah. and doing all that. So yep. being, like I said, I've been taking computers apart since I was like six years old. So I know technology. So I was like, Hey, there's some better ways that we can do this. Yeah. Fast forward, implemented a whole bunch of different systems, processes, programs, and things like that to keep everything streamlined. And then went from when I got hired on, we were doing about 3 million a year in sales. And then I was there for three and a half years. When I left, it was about $18 million a year wow. company. Uh, yeah. When there was, there was just some, some differences between myself. My business partner actually ended up working there as well. He was running sales. I was running operations and there was just some, some differences on how me and him wanted to run things versus how the owner was doing things. And, sure. and we were both there. I learned all the, everything I needed to know business wise. And it was just kind of that next jump betting on yourself. And it's like, Hey, you know what? We, we know everything that we need to do. We can do this without any any handcuffs, any, any oversight, we can do it the way that we want to do it. And so right. we made that jump and we had the blueprint. Like we were talking about before, we, we went from 3 million to 18 million. It's like, we had the blueprint. We knew the things that we needed to do to put in place. And so it's right. like, why not do it for ourselves instead of somebody else? And so we made that jump and, and we're a year and a half into the new business now, but you know, we're just shy of 5 million last year. We'll probably do six, eight, wow. maybe even 10 this year. Wow. So. Six, eight, 10. Like that's a, that's a, that's a wide range there. Yeah. Um, what do you think at, at your point? Cause I mean, what, <laughs> I don't know if the listener just caught on what you just said, 18 months in 5 million in the first year, six, maybe eight, maybe 10. Uh, that's a, that's, that's a lot of growth happening very quick. And that's probably why you don't have the exact number because it might end up in a lot of different yeah. places. What, what's the biggest variable for you in that? You have the blueprint. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and a super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. I know that you're following, obviously, a map. You're, you're doing it. You're literally repeating it. 
But with that wide range, what's the difference between ending at six or ending at 10 this year for you guys? A couple of different things. I mean, one is just the, the influx of being able to continue ramping up the inflow of leads and, and the incoming business. If, if we're say at 5 million a year, we were getting eight leads a day in order to get Ideally, you're just thinking if you want to get to 10, we got to double that. We got to get to 16. So how are we, how are we getting there? And then number two is the consistency. That's our pace would have been from the get-go, it was 10 million, but market things change. Things are different. The the beginning of the year didn't, didn't pan out with the way our economy was and the way things were kind of set up. It didn't go ideally. And so we built up to it. So it's, it's just consistency on, on now we've got this new plan. If we're sticking to the new plan and it stays in the same trajectory of what we're doing, we right. know where we're going to land. Yeah. What do you think has been the, the greatest single decision that you've made in the last 18 months? I mean, geez, you're talking about 5 million and then jumping to 10 million was the plan. I mean, most people just to do 10 million at some point in the distant future would be a dream. And you're talking about doing it in, in year two. What, what's been the single most good decision that you can nail down of what's led you to the success you've had so far? Single most, I think just, just having that, that goal. I mean, that, that's been the, the goal from the start and, and just thinking bigger from the beginning. Yeah. I think we had a a little bit of an advantage. We came from scaling from three to 18 million. So we already knew what was possible and that doing it, it, it's not a, uh, I think it can be done. We were doing it. We were just doing it for somebody else. So just knowing that that growth and that possibility is there and just setting, I mean, the, the, the goal was 10 million. I mean, even the first year that was still the goal. We knew that that wasn't going to be attainable with not having a fully staffed up sales staff, but the goal is still 10 million. So that everything was being built on that bigger idea. It's 10, 20, 30 million. We know what's possible in our market and what we're capable of handling. And so kind of for the audience, maybe you don't have the advantage of where we came from. We were already doing 18 million. We just stopped for this company. Now we opened up our own. It's, It's still the concept of just having that idea that is just a step above. So whatever your goal might be, I'm not going to discredit that goal. That's a great goal, but, but maybe what would be the next step or even a step above that? Like where, where is that? You have to have that at least somewhere in your mind, because if if you get to this goal here and you haven't been thinking, then the next thing you know, you're like, okay, I made it but right. you didn't. And then you become stagnant. And, and in business, if, you, if you're not moving in an upward direction, you're, you're heading backwards. You're not doing the right thing. And so being able to kind of make sure you're looking a couple of steps ahead, you got to have those bigger goals. Right. right. Let's flip the coin. I love the bigger think. I think that a lot of people overthink and have small goals. And even myself, I've, there's been moments where I've thought really big and been like, yeah, but, and then you lower it, right? That's pretty natural actually. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's tough in those moments to press into, no, I can do it. To your point, you kind of saw how it happened before. So you had a greater belief that it could happen for you because you were doing it already, like you said. So raising the belief, flipping the coin, uh, uh, I want to, I want to hear the bad decision. So something that you've done, I don't know if you can, 
actually be able to <laughs> articulate something because it seems like it's gone pretty well. But something inside of the last 18 months or maybe even before at the other company, what's been like, oh, never do this? Well, I mean, the biggest mistake is, and, and this is just, it's happened more than once, just the life thing. It's, it's when, you, when you've learned something and you know that it's not going to work, don't do it again. You've already tested this theory out. Right. Back in, it was in October. It was October or November of last year. Leads were dying down a little bit. We didn't know what we were going to do. So we were going to ramp up some of these roofing leads that we knew we could get. But we knew from previous experience from working in this industry for four or five years that those leads don't really pan out. We didn't do a good job oversight. We didn't, we already knew going in, it wasn't going to be a great idea, but we didn't really keep an eye on it. We just kind of let it run. And, and we spent probably four times the amount on marketing that we should have and put ourselves in a bit of a hole. And it was, we, we knew better. So after it was all said and done and the dust settled, it's like, it wasn't yeah. a surprise. We didn't have to dig and go, what did we mess up? We knew yeah. what we messed up. We, we knew going in, it was going to be messed up, but we're like, no, for whatever reason, this time yeah. is going to be different. When you've gone through something and, and you know what the outcome is, learn from your mistakes. You don't, you like, yeah. don't repeat them. Yeah. There, there's another way to do it. You don't let it keep beating a dead horse. It, you, you tried it. And there's nothing wrong if something yeah. doesn't work. There's just another way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very optimistic approach. I was listening to Jordan Peterson a couple of days ago when I was working out part of a little motivation thing that plays on YouTube. But he said that there's a form of self-sabotage that almost everybody does, but that it's a little bit like secretive. Like it's not like super obvious, I guess. Although his point is that it's fairly obvious. He was saying there are things that you do that, that you shouldn't. And then that was it. Like that was the end of the sentence. And to your point, it's like, okay, well, we knew better. Gosh, dang it. Why did we do that? And I think if the listener's honest, I know if I'm honest, I can look back and I can go, okay, well, yeah, there's been several things I've either done or decided on or whatever. It is a form of self-sabotage, whether it's because we are just not using the brain power to come up with a new solution, or we are being lazy and want to just try it to see if it'll work again, just because we don't have any other options. There's a lot of potentials of why we do that or eat that type of food or not work out or not make sales, whatever the thing is that you should be doing that you're not, or the thing that you are doing that you shouldn't, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. That's it's in life, my sobriety and everything. I've learned a lot of things. I know the right way I'm supposed to do certain things, but I don't know. I guess I talk to a lot of successful people. I think it's just a human nature thing. Sometimes you just go into a situation. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You're telling yourself that in your head as you're doing as it, you're and then the result it. happens exactly like you thought it was, which was not yep. the result you wanted. And you're like, how did I end up here? Then you're like, well, I know how I ended up here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just happens. Yeah, it's real. It's very real. Well, I, I can obviously see that you haven't played that, played that out too many times because of your extremely fast growth, but I, I can see how over the course of time, you've been able to stack wins in that way. And also... The times that where we where we fail and lose and, and repeat those those dumb things, there are opportunities for us to learn. It's just a repeated opportunity that you could you could have right. already learned it. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. 
getting rid of those things as we as we move across. Okay, I'm going to go tactical on you here. What's the KPI that you're tracking right now? The most important thing, the one thing that you'd pick? KPI that we're tracking the most right now. Well, it's a 50-50 right now because we're ramping up where we're getting and how many leads we're getting. So the, the one is just the amount of lead flow and, and what leads are booking from what sources. Sure. And then yeah. the close rate associated with those that we yeah. with each one. So it, it's kind of both, but it, it's mainly based on the lead sources because we're we're dialing in where the good leads are coming from, where to allocate more money right. to on, on yeah. what we want to ramp up and what we want to use more of to be able to keep growing at this exponential growth that we want to. Yeah, I want to point out something to the listener just real quick because. That it, thank you for sharing that. It's uh, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily growth and profitability, although those things are attached to that. What you gave was at some point the business owner, and typically what I found is is that this one to three million dollar mark, where they make the transition from technician to owner, and then there's another level, owner to like expert marketer, and it's like. Expert marketer is actually above owner because owner is operations and it's systems and it's SOPs, all that's this very fine. But marketing is like this ever creative thing that changes and flows. Lead generation is what you called it, but it's like this, we have to figure out all these unique ways to get people interested in us or to tell the world about us or our services. And so that could be being on a podcast. That could be buying leads from a source. That could be your website. That could be trade shows. I mean, there's just so many different creative and unique ways to, to generate leads. And so I just appreciate your honesty there of like, Hey, well, in order to increase the business, we have to increase leads. Like that's kind of the math equation, yeah. right? No, absolutely. And I, and I work and talk to a, a lot of smaller local contractors here. And, and one of the things when we set this up is a lot of the other stuff, as far as the the pricing and the profitability and the margins, we set those numbers up to be able to, we keep track of them and, and we know where we're at, but we don't have to go through it with such a fine tooth comb because we have it built to where there's a little bit of, of leeway. There's some fluff in there to where it doesn't have to be a fine tooth comb that we're going through that so we can focus our efforts on the growth, because if I have to sit there hours a day combing through every job, we got 30 jobs going on right now. And so if I had to go through each one and, and make sure, are we to the penny on budget with this job and then this job and then this job, I'm not going to have time to go through 30, 20, 30 jobs. I'm going to have time to go through five, which right. doesn't give me the ability to put any time, even doing those five, I don't have time to then go over here and go, what can I do to expand? I'm wasting all my time over here. So we preemptively set up everything where it's like, okay, we can track this. We know where we should be. We can quickly track to make sure nothing is catastrophically messed up that's going to hurt us, but we right. don't have to go through it with a fine tooth comb. So our, our main focus can be over here on getting more leads and then training more salespeople and then growing instead of trying to perfect something so, so small, it, it, we're able to kind of focus on, on the growth and right. then kind of just keep everything fluid, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love it. What uh, what business resource would you recommend for the listener? Maybe a book, maybe a podcast, something that you've gotten some great nuggets from. Well, you talked about Alex Hormozzi, his book. It, it can be, I mean, even in 
I went in a little bit, honestly, like, I don't, how's this going to help me? Cause a lot of, he didn't use gym launch. It's online. It's e-commerce. I'm like, how's this right. going to help me? I'm in home sales. I'm selling roofing and siding and like, how is this going to help, right. you know, me? I'm not building an offer for someone to click a button and buy. If they're online, right. they're clicking to set an appointment. It's like, how's this going to help me? But right. there's, if you go into it, after I started reading it, opened up my mind. I'm like, okay, hey, well, instead of trying to judge this book, like, how can I take these principles? The, the principles are, are wide ranging. That's and, right. And not even just in business, just on how you're able to offer yourself up to other people to help, to add value, to do whatever. There's just a lot yeah. that you can add there. Yeah. And so that that's probably the best book I've probably read in the last couple of years, at least. Yeah. That's yeah. One that Isn't that funny how that out. works? How we yeah. walk in thinking that it's it's not going to be good for us at all, but it ends up being the best book you've read in the last couple of years. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. That's, that's just how it works. Yeah. There's a lot of value in that book. Actually his value equation is, is genius. And so I love, I love going back to that. In fact, I'm in the midst of building a new offer. We're launching what's called gathering the King's university. And so I'm in the process of working through that book. We've got all the, everything set up, but we're trying to figure out what the actual offer is. And so pretty exciting to, to have a roadmap, to have a blueprint to your point. Exactly. Uh, from a guy like that. Okay. I got a question for you about family. Before we were uh, hit the record button, I was telling you, we just got back from Bermuda and doing the family mastermind thing and marriage and parenting and work-life obsession is, is, is the phrase that I use. I want to know, you've clearly have an addictive personality as most entrepreneurs do. And so you've just found now the things to be addicted with or uh, obsessed with business, building teams. That's how you've been successful in your business. Cool. How have you done that in other areas of your life, your marriage, your kids, that stuff like that? Baby, it all kind of happens the same way, but it's just, you find something that you enjoy and then you just figure out more ways in different ways that you, you can enjoy it. And, and my, my wife and I just got married a couple of months ago, but we've known each other. We've been together now for almost four years, but we've known each other for a while longer than that. And it's, it's just, it grows. When you, you find something that you like and enjoy, you just figure out more ways, different ways to, to enjoy it. It's kind of the, it's, it's the opposite. What I'm able to do with my relationship with my wife, family, business is, is find new ways to, to love and enjoy it. And it continues to grow, which is the opposite of where I came from with my addictive personality with drinking and drugs. It's like that, that there was less and less ways that I could figure out ways to enjoy it. The more I did that stuff, the, the, right. the worse things got, it was, it was a negative. The more I dove into it, the further right. down in the negative I went yeah. with these things, these are positive things in my life. That's right. the, the business is good. Family is good. Kids are amazing. Like, so being able to figure out more ways to appreciate my wife and love her, things get better. Yeah. When I, when I focus and I, and I, I figure out more ways to do things in business, the business grows. When we're when, when my wife and I are planning things, we're going to Disneyland here and we leave, we're, we're driving. And so we, we leave Thursday morning, we're driving down to Disneyland. So finally, so that's going to be a good luck. New, I know <laughs> it'll be. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be a trip, but yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. We, it'll be an experience. Know, we've, got a, we've got a seven, a 10 and a 13, he'll be 14 year old this year. Yeah. Uh, so is it going to be 
we want to throw them out of the car every once in a while on the trip. Absolutely. Probably. Yes. <laughs> but, but when everything is all said and done, the, it, it's, that's a memory that you, you can't replace. And, 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 it, and it's, it, it's not going to be a negative. So you just figure out more ways to pour in and figure out, okay, well, I really enjoy this. What are more ways I can enjoy this? What's, what's more joy that I can get out of this? How can I do that? And just, yeah, it just, you just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, what you gave us is just really, really simple. I don't want the listener to overlook the simplicity of finding something that you enjoy and going all in is what I'm hearing Jesse say. And also the distinction here between the negative things of life and then the positive things. And that's really what work life obsession as this phrase that I use is all about. It's look, the reality of it is, is that your superpower is to be able to go all in hundred percent. Most entrepreneurs have this, whether that's used for drugs and alcohol or whether that's used for business and family, it's the same skill set. It's yep. the same superpower. And so you've just directed your energy towards the positive things, as you've said, and you've gone all in and repeatedly, not just once, but now I want to find new ways to be enjoying. Now I want to find new creative fun things to do. Maybe it's Disneyland. Hey, you know what? We're not going to fly, even though we can't, we're going to drive just to see what that's like. All of those things are creative memories. And maybe you never do that again. Who knows? That's regardless of the point. The point is that you're exploring and you're obsessing over, let's just try this. Let's do that. Let's have fun, which is actually what I've heard you say this entire podcast about the business. So I appreciate that. I got one last question for you, Jesse. If you had the opportunity, reach back into time, speak directly to the younger Jesse. What would you tell him? It's funny. You just went down the, 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 the all in tangent right before this. Cause I, the, the biggest thing that, that I think it had held me back and where I saw exponential growth was when I just made the decision to, to bet on myself. When, when I was younger, I had the, the base salary that I had the cushion where it's like, Hey, I'm safe, but I can make a little bit more. I still had some extra earning potential, but. If, if I was to talk to my younger self, it's like, you have the potential to do whatever it is that it, you're thinking, you just have to jump in. Got to take the dive and just jump on in, take it on and, and figure it out from there. Like the, yeah. you're never going to know anything fully getting into it, but, but holding yourself back, trying to go, well, should I do it now? Should I wait six months? Should I right. just do it? Because the sooner you're able to jump in and do it, the quicker you're able to reap the rewards and, right. and, and investing in myself and, and all that thing. I'm my best asset. I pour more into myself. I'm able to get more for my family. The business is going to do better. My life is going to do better. So all of that stuff, if I pour into myself and make myself better and I, I, I bet on myself, I know that I'm going to make sure that everything is handled, that yeah. the house is handled, the family is handled, the kids, the wife, everything is good. Because I know that that's, that's who I am. Right. And so if, if I'm going to bet on anybody, no offense to you, Chaz, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, I'm going to bet on Chaz to figure this out. No, that's yeah. not what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. And so to yeah. do that in every aspect of my life, the sooner I could have done that, I'd be that much more further along than I am now. Yeah. Appreciate the honesty there. I think that that's a decision. We kind of hinted at it a few minutes ago. It's the decision that we have to make repeatedly because as soon as you jumped in, I'm sure that there were moments where you're like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> you may have had one this morning, potentially, because that's kind of how it rolls. But there's always the opportunity to, to re go all in. 
or to re-ante up. How can the listener find you, Jesse, if, if they're in your area? First off, tell us where you're located, the services areas that you got. Maybe give us a rundown of your services again. And Or if they're an entrepreneur and they want to reach out and get to know you a little bit, how can they find you? Yeah, so business-wise, so we're Washington State, so we're on the western side, so we're most of western Washington, so greater Seattle area for the most part. There, There's not much. If you're from the areas, from about Everett down to Chehalis, that's kind of our area that we cover. Siding, roofing, windows, decks is our main focus. Pretty much any, any large-scale projects on the outside of the house, though, we can help with. Websites, hhsremodel.com. And personally, if you're trying to reach out, Facebook's just Jesse Boggs. I got a blue check mark, so I don't think there's any pics of me yet out there, but <laughs> I got a, I had a few thousand, thousand followers on Facebook, so I'm sure it'll happen at some point here. And then That's it's funny. just J Boggs official for anything else. Instagram's really the only one that I'm kind of on, but I, I don't post yeah. much. I'm, I'm mainly a Facebook person. I, I use Instagram for my motivational inspiration, following people that are, are ahead of me doing the thing doing the thing and so that's where i'd grab my motivation like if they can do it i can do it that's That's where you can find me well you've been that person i'm sure to many people here today and even for people listening that are further down the road i know if they're listening today they have an appreciation for everything that you've accomplished in such a short time but really your story has been building it's kind of like that success poster behind you a lot of work that's been happening for years and years and years and then pops out this skyrocket of, of growth so Thank you for being here. Not only just your expertise and just your honesty has been appreciated, but dude, I'm excited. You're on like a rocket and I'm just like, want to latch on a little bit. So I'll see <laughs> if I can get some of the heat, man. Appreciate you. Wish you nothing but blessing to you and your family and your team for all you have going on in 2023. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chaz. Appreciate being here. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.